Eye on Ed, your source for information about audits, investigations, and other work by the U.S. Department of Education Office of Inspector General. Tune in for the latest news on our efforts to find and stop fraud, waste, and abuse in federal education programs, operations, and funding. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Eye on Ed, the official podcast of the U.S. Department of Education, Office of Inspector General. I'm your host, Ryan Schreier. I bet that everyone listening today either took out student loans to help pay for their college degrees, help their child obtain a student loan, or know someone who did. And most people with student loans would like to consolidate their loans, pay them down, or when possible, eliminate that debt altogether. Dishonest companies, cyber criminals, and fraudsters know this too. And that's why they've targeted student loan borrowers with schemes and scams aimed at separating you from your money, stealing your personal information, or both. The impact of falling victim to these scams can be severe. Your identity stolen, credit cards and loans taken out in your name, your bank account zeroed out, and your credit score ruined. Student loan schemes and scams are not new. The U.S. Department of Education Office of Inspector General has been fighting them and alerting people to them for decades. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about student loan scams, how to spot them, how to avoid them, and what to do if you think you've been a victim of one. And to lead our discussion is Rob Mancuso, Assistant Inspector General for Investigation Services. Rob's team of law enforcement professionals is leading the OIG's efforts to help identify and stop these student loan scammers. Rob, thank you for being here today to talk about this important issue. Thanks, Ryan. I'm really happy to be here. So let's jump right in. Fraud campaigns that target everyday Americans are not new, and that includes those that target college students and student loan borrowers. Why do dishonest companies and cybercriminals target students and student loan borrowers? Great question, Ryan. For the most part, it's no different from why anyone is targeted in a fraud scheme. To get your money or get your personal information, like your social security number and date of birth. They like to target college students and student loan borrowers because they see them as vulnerable to their scams. They are busy with their studies or new jobs, or perhaps they are paying their bills on their own for the first time. And like you said, they're always looking for ways to reduce their loans or eliminate them altogether. So fraudsters use the fact that you may have a student loan as the lure. To get your money or personal information. Yes. Let's start with money. With student loan schemes, these bad actors and identity thieves come to you with offers to help you consolidate your student loans, reduce your payments, or eliminate your student debt altogether for a fee, either upfront or monthly. The for a fee is important, as in most cases, these are services that you can do on your own for free through federal student aid, and these criminals are banking on the fact that you don't know that. Then, there are fraudsters who are after your personal information, your birthday, your social security number. They use this information for other financial frauds and identity theft schemes, like taking out credit cards and other loans in your name or selling the information on the dark web. Can you tell us about some of the types of scams that are out there? One that we've seen and investigated in the past are offers for loan consolidation. The way these work is that you may receive an email, text, or phone call that says you are eligible for student loan forgiveness programs that in reality that you may or may not actually be eligible for. And they promise they can save you hundreds of dollars a month. Then they ask you for your FSA account information. And by FSA account information, you mean FSA ID, right? Yes. 
The FSAID is a username and password combination that you use to log into the U.S. Department of Education online systems. The FSAID is your legal signature for financial aid and shouldn't be created or used by anyone other than you, not even your parents, a school official, or a loan company representatives. Please never share this information with anyone. Because once the scammers take over your FSAID, they change your email address and contact information, and you've lost control of your account. Your loan servicer cannot even contact you, so you're no longer aware of what's going on with your loan, whether payments are made or you're in default. Great information, Rob. Thank you. Tell us more about some of the scams that are out there. So criminals and bad actors always look for opportunities to rip off the public, and they use times of crisis, trending topics, and economic challenges when people are scared, desperate, and quite frankly, at their most vulnerable, to propagate scams. Most recently, a scam started when the White House announced its plans for debt forgiveness. Fraudsters targeted people saying that they could enroll you right into that program, which of course they could not. There were so many fraud schemes that used student loan forgiveness plan as a lure that our office issued a public service announcement in October. We alerted the public to student loan forgiveness schemes to help build awareness of these fraudulent efforts. Other federal and state agencies have done the same because the first step to avoid becoming a victim of a student loan scam is knowing that they're out there, that cyber criminals and identity thieves are trying to lure you into their traps. So what do these schemes and scams look like? They can come in different shapes and forms, but mostly they come in the form of unsolicited texts, emails, direct messages on social media, and even phone calls. They'll promise to help you obtain student loan forgiveness, reduce your student loan debt, consolidate your student loans, or eliminate your student loans completely. For college students or parents, they could be offering to help pay for college or even saying that the student has won a scholarship that they never applied for. Look, these messages can be very, very convincing. They may look like they're from your bank, your alma mater, your student loan servicer, or even from the U.S. Department of Education. They will rely on emotion or urgency in the hopes of tricking you into thinking it's legitimate and to get you to respond quickly. I know that we all want to save money, but if something looks too good to be true, it probably is. Is there any type of language that fraudsters use that could tip people off that what they're seeing is likely a scam? Yes. They may use common words and phrases like act immediately to qualify for a student loan forgiveness before the student loan forgiveness program is discontinued, or your student loans may qualify for complete discharge, enrollments are first come, first serve, or will work fast to help you eliminate your student loan debt. How do scammers get your emails or phone numbers in the first place? Now that's a tricky one. A lot of times they're just sending emails and texts to anyone and everyone, and we call that phishing in hopes of luring someone who actually has a student loan into responding. Based on our investigative work, we've also seen evidence that they may get people's personal information from large-scale data breaches. Another method is social media. There's a wealth of information online. For example, Facebook groups at a college or university that students are part of that scammers can use to conduct more targeted attacks. Tell us more about phishing scams. A basic definition of phishing is that it's a type of online scam that targets consumers by sending them an email that appears to be from a well-known source, such as an internet service provider, a bank, or a loan servicing company. Phishing scams ask you to provide personal identifying information, and then they use your information to open new accounts like credit cards or student loans in your name, or they take over your existing accounts. 
So the bad actors are out there trying to lure college students and student loan borrowers into their traps through these scams. How can people avoid them? First, beware of unsolicited phone calls, emails, texts, or social media messages from anyone claiming that they can help you obtain student loan forgiveness or help move your application through the process. The same goes for unsolicited offers to consolidate or refinance your loans for a fee. There's nothing these companies can do that you can't do for yourself for free. Second, protect your personal information and passwords, including your FSA ID. Don't share them with anyone, even people who say they work at a financial aid office or your student loan servicing company. No legitimate company would ever ask you for your FSA ID. Third, don't click on links or attachments embedded in emails, particularly those from people or companies you don't know. You can hover your mouse over links and see where they are directing you. Look for things like misspellings in the email addresses or the body of the message or in the links. A common scam tactic is to use addresses that are almost but not quite identical to legitimate ones. And finally, empower yourself by educating yourself. There are real federal loan consolidation and forgiveness programs available through the U.S. Department of Education. So, if you want to lower your monthly loan payment, consolidate multiple federal student loans, switch to a new repayment plan, or see if you qualify for loan forgiveness, empower yourself by contacting your student loan provider or the federal student aid office directly and learning more about these programs. That doesn't take much time, and more importantly, it will help protect your money and your personal information. Those are four great tips. Tell us about what is being done to stop these scammers. Thankfully, a lot. Federal and state governments are taking actions to stop online scammers, including strengthening internet safety rules and providing better tools to the public to fight cybercrime. Even within our own office, we participate on cyber task forces with other federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies. Can you give us an example of the work you've done to stop scammers? Absolutely. I'll share with you a case that our office worked with the California Attorney General's office, and it was a big case involving millions of dollars. A debt relief business that called itself Student Loan Relief Department contacted about 380,000 student loan borrowers, promising to reduce or eliminate the borrower's student loans. They masqueraded themselves as a legitimate source of help and feigned association with the U.S. Department of Education to gain the loan holder's trust. Their scam was so convincing that the borrowers agreed not only to pay a fee of up to $1,300 that these borrowers thought were being applied towards reducing their student loan debt, but they also handed over their FSA ID, giving these criminals access to their personal information. Many of these victims assumed that action was being taken on their student debt and stopped making payments on their actual loans, which resulted in late payment notifications, increased loan balances, and sometimes defaulting on their student loans. Thanks to our work and partnership with the California Attorney General's Office, we were able to hold these fraudsters accountable and they were sentenced to prison in order to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in restitution. But this is just one example of the type of fraud schemes that are out there. Are there any other scams out there that target students or their parents that we should be aware of? Another education-related scam we've seen recently is in the area of scholarships. Criminals target students or their parents claiming that they have won a scholarship, a scholarship that the student never applied for. The scammers may ask for your bank account number so they can put the scholarship money directly in your account, or ask for a credit card so they can cover the costs of shipping that check directly to you. Look, don't fall for this. 
No legitimate organization would randomly offer scholarships to students unsolicited, nor would they require your bank account number or credit card to get that award to you. Makes perfect sense. Look, it's hard. College students or their parents are always looking for ways to help pay for college. Bad actors are preying on that. And this is just one example. There are a countless number of scams out there with new ones popping up all the time. People, especially students, need to be aware of these efforts. What should someone do if they receive something they think may be a scam? The most important thing you could do is not respond. Don't fall for their sense of urgency. Don't respond until you verify the offer is legitimate. And you can do this by calling federal student aid, your school's financial aid office, or even your student loan servicer. Or you could take it upon yourself and look up the company online to see if there are any complaints about the company. And what do I do if I think I've been a victim of a scam? Well, Ryan, if you suspect that your personal information has been stolen as a result of a student loan scam, you really should take action quickly. First, contact federal student aid and your loan servicer to let them know about the situation. Next, contact a credit reporting agency and freeze your account so no one else can open new credit accounts in your name. And if you receive an email, text, or call that you believe is a scam, let us know. Contact the OIG Fraud Hotline at oighotline.ed.gov to report what you've received. So, Rob, can you summarize for our listeners the three big things that they can do to protect themselves, their money, their personal information, or both, from student loan schemes and scams? Sure. Here are the big three. Number one, be skeptical. If something seems too good to be true, it normally is. Don't trust random or unsolicited emails, texts, and phone calls. Number two, be knowledgeable. Once you start being skeptical of things, it's important to be knowledgeable about what's going on and the types of fraud schemes that are out there. Knowing that criminals are out there trying to scam you will help protect your money and your information. And lastly, act quickly. Let's be honest. These scams are getting more and more sophisticated and any of us can fall for them. If you fall for one, it's important to know who to report them to and what actions to take. And we've previously touched on what those actions would look like. You've given us a lot of great information here today, Rob. And for our listeners, everything we shared with you is available on our website as well as on our social media accounts, where we also share information on new schemes and scams and highlight results of our criminal investigations along with other OIG work. So if you're not following us already, please be sure to do so. We're on Twitter and Facebook at EducationOIG and LinkedIn at Education-OIG. Rob, thank you for being here today and talking with us about this important subject. Thanks for having me, Ryan. And thanks to our audience for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Ryan Schreer with the U.S. Department of Education, Office of Inspector General, and this has been Eye on Ed.